Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another live episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer, and you can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And I think you're a little preoccupied right now, but as always, I'm joined by Dan LaMagna, and that's at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan? Oh, the show started. Sorry, guys, there. I was just reading this article. There's this uh, attorney, Mattioli, in Scranton. He used the code Theory20 at manscaped.com to, you know, make a difference in this crazy time in the world here, saving some balls, footballs. But hey, welcome, Dan, we, welcome. Dan, we got to keep it PG, right? You you yell at me all the time. What is saving footballs using the code theory 20? Right, right. Well, you already brought up Manscaped. As you can see, I shaved my head once again. I wasn't, that was not the plan. So my wife, she shaved my head. We were just looking to get the sides a little shorter and we were gonna keep some length up top. No joke. She got all the way to here with, with the razor and she said, oh, it will grow in. No. So I had to shave my whole head, but I used the lawnmower 3.0. No joke. I used the lawnmower 3.0. It was absolutely fantastic because my other razor that, again, my wife shaved my head with last time, she said the quality was so much better. I know they're known for below the belt, but they have the nose trimmer, the electric trimmer that you can use on your hair anywhere. And then, you know, a nail kit. They have all kind of great things. So like Dan said, use the code theory 20 at Manscaped, get 20% off plus free shipping. And guys, we would greatly appreciate it. And he's creeping over there also with his Manscaped shirt on. But that's Mitch Sorensen at DinoMC on Twitter. What is going on, Mitch? How was your Father's Day? It was good. Drank a lot. Had some good hamburgers. It was a great day. But one thing I wanted to mention before we jump into stuff is our projections are completely done. You know, we'll update them throughout the year. But for everything we're throwing out through the PDF, it should be out by Friday, I believe. Yes, sir. And I, you know it's going to be a good show whenever Mitch, Dan, you saw it earlier, Mitch goes... I had a few beverages today. So you know what that means. Uh, over <laughs> under Dan, five and a half. How many names is Mitch going to mess up tonight? I'd say the Father's Day special, over. Okay. All of them. All right. I like that. <laughs> so as, as we typically do, we have another fantastic guest lined up tonight. He is the host of the Hot Take podcast. None other than Steve Taroni. That is at FF Professor ST3 on Twitter. Steve, what's going on, man? Hey, John. Thanks for having me, bud. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I'll uh, I'll be joining you here in just a little bit, Dan. So appreciate it. <laughs> we're all we're all trying to catch up to Mitch, apparently. But yeah, Steve, it was kind of like a uh, like in basketball or hockey, the home and home series on Thursday. I jumped on your podcast, the Hot Take Podcast, with you and Josh, and I mean we had a great time, minus my USB uh, cord issues. But like I said before the show, we're all taken care of, and now you're joining us here tonight. So with you being the host of the hot take podcast i thought what better thing to talk about than hot takes so i threw a tweet out on twitter and i said drop your the boldest take you can think of for the 2020 season or beyond if you want it to be dynasty oriented and we got tremendous traction there were over 100 comments mitch we said before the show we might have to make it kind of a, a short segment every week because people they love their hot takes they love the bold takes they want that crazy take that actually hits and you know we, we knock hot takes every once in a while because it's kind of like throwing crap against a wall whatever sticks that's what you're typically going to hear from that person but what we're going to do we're going to run through i think we have 17 different takes here from folks and some of them we're going to dive into a little bit deeper but some of them we're just going to rattle through them on a scale of one to ten how likely do you think this hot take is actually going to happen one being the least likely ten being 
absolute lock. So I, I asked you guys, I said, have little scorecards ready. So it's going to be a little more interactive, more visual for the folks here on YouTube. The first one, and this was actually the first one, the response that we got on the tweet, but it's from JJ Zacharyson. Everybody knows who JJ is. He says, Tevin Coleman is going to outscore Raheem Mostert. So guys, throw up the cards. What do you think? One through 10. How likely is that? If you're watching, you can see it. But as the show goes on, I'll announce it. Dan, four out of 10. Mitch, five. Steve, six. So Steve, with you being the biggest proponent of this take, what are your thoughts on it? So you give it a six out of 10. That's a pretty good chance here for a hot take. Yeah, I mean, like, what the 49ers want to do is about a 50-50 split between them. So already you're probably at five, right? I mean, I think if you're leaning four, then you, you're you a Raheem Mostert guy, um, potentially. I, I'm not. Um, we talked about this actually the other night. We talked about Raheem Mostert. Um, and there are there is a range of outcomes for him. And we compared them to David Montgomery. And we said, David Montgomery, he's a lock for two, around 250 carries. Raheem Mostert just isn't that. So the variance of his touch total could be 150 or it could be around that 250. So I don't think Tevin Coleman disappears. I don't think they, you know, they want to use multiple running backs in San Francisco. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. Mitch, you're over there. You brought up the rear four out of 10. Why? And and you look at our projections and, or no, I'm sorry, Dan, I got to so I'm going to mess this up several times. I need a little notepad. So, Dan, with all due respect, sir, you were the 4 out of 10. Why are you bringing up the rear? My apologies. Yeah. And he was busting you for mess- messing up names later, Mitch. He's already w- w- one in the hole here. Uh, you know, for me, it's a 4 out of 10. You know, it's, I, I like Steve's take. Uh, you know, I could definitely see that point. Uh, I'm just, I guess, looking at it half glass half empty there for Tevin Coleman and a little, leaning a little bit towards Mostert. You know, I read that we read this offseason. He's training to be able to handle 200, 250 plus carries. And I just think he has the confidence and the momentum from two from 2020 and for at least one more year is legit and just slightly better than Tevin Coleman. But I don't think th- of the three of us, four or five and a six, I think we're all kind of eh, leaning a little way or neutral like Mitch is about to share. No, Mitch isn't going to share since he's coming in the middle. He, we're going to skip him on this one because, like I said, we have seven. We have 17 takes that we want to get through. This could be a seven-hour show. I don't know. But I actually I, – I think I'm going to side here with Steve strictly because, like you said, Steve, that range of outcomes is so wide that while you – know, it's going to be one of the situations where we could see the most variance. And I think there's going to be a lot of weeks where one week it's Raheem Mostert, one week it's Tevin Coleman. But last year we saw Tevin Coleman. He was He was banged up. So if we, he comes in here, he's healthy. He could be a guy on, you know, multiple weeks that that he's the guy that Shanahan goes with. So I I'm gonna give the edge there to Steve, and I I, I kind of like that six out of ten. And Mitch, I, I don't hate your five. You know, it was fine. Uh, <laughs> well, what's nice it's is, average, purely average. <laughs> well, what's nice is even if you don't really believe it, just draft Tevin Coleman anyway. He's gonna be free. And then what if it happens? You know, so yeah. it's it's a no risk situation there. Yeah, whether you're doing redraft, best ball, dynasty, Tevin Coleman is essentially, I always say he's free 99, so go out and get him. This next one, it comes from uh, DFF Memphis of the Dynasty Warzone podcast. This one was interesting, and it kind of makes you think. So there's two parts to it. Baker Mayfield finishes last in the AFC in quarterback fantasy points and leads the Browns to a wild card spot. What do you guys think there? On a scale of 1 to 10, how likely do you think that happens? 
here in 2020. Guys, you know you can write the you can do this as we we go. I had to reconsider. All right, but Mitch, you're you're dropping a three. And I'm not I gonna am. mess it up this time, guys. So Dan, I already gave you the X over your it's like Hollywood Squares. You're you're out already. So Mitch, you give it a three out of ten, Dan, four out of ten, and Steve with the, the whopping seven. So Mitch, three out of ten, you don't think it's very likely. Now, is it the package as a whole here, both items? Or you think one is likely and one absolutely not? It's definitely the first one. With Burrow coming in, I know he has the rushing upside, and I know you know they have weapons around him, but that offensive line is still pretty trash. And I think he could easily have the worst season. I mean, Baker is still in a great situation. He still has Odell. They have a great running game. They have two good tight ends. They have Jarvis Landry as well. Their defense is good. And so I think there's a lot better of a chance that Baker just outperforms anything than what Burrow can do this season. All right. Now, Steve, you're on the other end of the spectrum here. Seven out of 10. What are your thoughts here? Yeah. I mean, I definitely see what Mitch is saying here, uh, but I can definitely see him finishing last. I like this Bengals offense a lot or what I think it can do. So I'm already big on Joe Burrow right now. I don't know if I'm projecting Baker to finish behind him, but if we look about think about Lamar Jackson, obviously that's a lot for ahead of him. And then if Ben Roethlisberger plays 13 games, then yeah, I would say he finishes ahead. So I see that path of him being the worst in that division. And then when it comes to a wild card spot, yeah, sure. I, I could definitely see them taking a step forward after a year of disappointment. Um, you know, Nick Chubb was not scoring touchdowns in the, in the end zone, which I think will happen. Um, Kareem Hunt is going to be there for an entire year. Now you bring in Austin Hooper. It's completely revamped uh, offensive scheme. So, yeah, I can see the Browns maybe being like a post-hype sleeper type of situation and making that wild card. The wild card, I don't think that's crazy. And even though I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan on the field and that situation, I think that's going to be a really run heavy team. I can't see him finishing dead last. And guys, I think you misread it because uh, our man here, Memphis, he's saying last in the AFC, not just the division. Oh, OK. I was thinking the division. Oh. But that, that's fine. We'll, we'll we'll put division in there. That's fine. See, Dan, this is this is what happens. Mitch never reads my stuff. It's <laughs> Oh, wait, how is it not a one for everybody then? Yeah. Well, it, I, I would think it would be. Yeah, I would go significantly lower if it was the entire AFC. I, just think that, it, that, I have to go back and look because that's what I thought it said. I know you skipped me, John, but I just think if they win a wild card, he isn't finishing last in anything. I mean, they're, they're, I think it hinges. The dysfunctional Browns hinge on Baker uh, being better than what he – better than last. Yeah, it's, it's not a player I'm targeting, but I can't see him finishing dead last. This last one, we've spent a lot of time on this player on multiple episodes, so this is just going to be a quick give your score. At Jer Schwab of the Dynasty Self-Help Podcast, Allen Robinson is the, not a, the wide receiver one in 2020. Guys, what are your thoughts? Hopping around on me here, buddy. i got to find my numbers here. A-Rob. Dan. You, you you work at a, a university. You were a football coach. Your lack of preparation here, your numbers should be ready. You should see my notes. They're pretty. They're color-coded. I got numbers. I got comments. And these two you have. Then I don't what's know what, the number? I don't know well, if I'm looking at the, the wrong show notes. Maybe I'm like, Mitch. Uh, I'll go to- <laughs> All right. So so we had a five from Dan, a two, two from Mitch? Two. Two. And then, Steve, what did you have? I had a five. 
a five. So s- nobody really thinking he's be the wide receiver one, but he's going to outperform his ADP in my opinion. This next one coming from at Superflex Junkie, and I like this one because we've kind of talked about the tight end landscape. We were going to talk about it on the Hot Take podcast last week, but at Superflex Junkie says Blake Jarwin is a top five tight end in 2020, and let's just assume you know PPR. All right, so we have two sixes and a five, Steve. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I have him as my tight end eight, so I'm actually kind of bullish on Blake Jarwin. I don't see why those Jason Witten targets, or at least, you know, 80% of them don't go to Blake Jarwin. Um, and then he can do a lot more with the football than a decrepit old Jason Witten. So if I just compare the two of them, I'm thinking he can be that. So he's my eight. Top five is tough. There's a lot of good tight ends right now. Dan, you actually came in with the lowest number here, which shocks me because it's Dallas, Dallas, Dallas over on your end. You know, Steve, take it easy and old and decrepit, you know, I'm as the elderly guy of the show here and a big Witten homer. But but to your, he, he is right. And I, I do see Jarwin's upside. He, he should have a lot more yards after the catch than Witten. Um, I, I love Jarwin. He's a target player for me, but he's in tier two for me. I just have too many other tight ends that I think have a better chance of cracking uh, top five than Jarwin. So as much as I love him and he's a target player. He's he's tier two instead of tier one. So I don't, I don't see how he gets in the top five, but I gave him 50 50 odds because of the talent. Mitch, I'm going to steal your quote and I, because I, I completely agree. After the top four tight ends, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. So I actually, this is one of the more likely of outcomes. Is it a bold take? Absolutely. Could Blake Jarwin be tight end five? Could it be tight end 25? That, that range of outcomes for these tight ends is so broad this year. But I love Blake Jarwin. We have my think, tight end 10-ish, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. But those guys, it's like a difference of maybe 15, 20 points throughout the whole season. So I, I think that one is one of the more likely possibilities here out of all the takes. All right, next one, guys. This comes from at your pal, Mikey D. I like that Twitter handle. He's, he's a friendly guy. He's our pal. Robert Woods leads all wide receivers in touchdown receptions. A guy that couldn't. He couldn't fall into the end zone if it was the ocean. He was in a boat. So, Dan, man, you're too slow. You got to speed this up because you're going to make my editing so much more difficult. Five. <laughs> All right. So, what? Dan, you're you're coming high. in at a five. Five is Steve high. Steve and Mitch, you're coming in at a one. So, Dan, explain yourself here. How is he going to have – you're giving him a five out of ten that he leads all wide receivers, not just on the Rams. but So, I don't know if you misread that, but in the entire NFL – Explain yourself. Now, again, a five's not like, you know, hot takey, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm not predicting it, but I, I give it a 50-50 chance because he is in a tier one of receivers for me towards the end of it. But uh, I like Robert Woods. I think he's going to have a heck of a year. I think maybe a few things go his way, and uh, he has a chance at least. You know, do I think it's going to happen? Because I think he's 1B with Cooper Cup, 1A, 1B. You know, you, you have Higby, you have some other Rams targets. So I don't think it's going to happen, but. I think five is fair. Oh, well, I think Mitch disagrees. Mitch is throwing the one. Yeah, in seven years, he has 25 total touchdowns. In seven years. He needs half that to even have a shot at getting that. So there's just no possible way it's going to happen. Jared Goff is his quarterback. Jared Goff, you don't play him on away games because he sucks away from the stadium. So there's just no possible way Robert Woods is going to be leading the league in touchdowns. And I'm going to keep referencing our projections, but we actually have Robert Woods as a top 12 wide receiver. So we like him a lot. Mm-hmm. 
but that's it's all I'm saying. Be, it, it's not going to be because of his effectiveness and efficiency in the, the end zone. Uh, Steve, real quick, you threw one out there too. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to lead uh, on his team in terms of wide receivers. Cooper Cup's going to have more touchdowns than him, so it's going to be pretty hard because the other side of the field is going to have more. Right. I, I actually, I, I think it's, they're not only the whole NFL, but there's very little chance that he leads his own team in touchdown receptions. Now, as you guys can tell, I'm kind of taking my time here because you guys have all of these, these bull takes. I'm giving Dan time to get his card ready. And that, that's kind of what I'm kind of lollygagging here for. I'm locked and loaded one, now. All right, John, I'm I, I hope so. I hope so. This one comes from at just underscore Fargo. DK Metcalf is a top three wide receiver. That quick enough for you, John? All right. So we have a one from Dan, a three from Mitch, and a seven from Steve. Steve, listen, I I know you're the host of the Hot Take podcast. (laughs) So you thrive off of all of this. But a seven? You you think that it's that strong there? Hey, man, there's nothing that you said at the beginning that said that we are set in stone. This is what we, this, we're locked into this. And look, if DK Metcalf gets 12 touchdowns, yeah, he could be a top three wide receiver. And of all the wide receivers, I would say DK Metcalf is up there in terms of who's going to get those 12 touchdowns. This guy, if he's going to be a fantasy star, he's going to be a double digit touchdown kind of guy. So can he do that? I don't know. The efficiency in the red zone last year for him was very low. Um, I would say, uh, oddly low for him to I think it was something like he had two touchdowns and 45 targets around something like that if that just comes up just a little bit then he creeps into that discussion and then yeah it it could happen so I I think with a touchdown guy you have to just think like is that possible then yeah maybe it could happen so you're talking about touchdown guys Dan thinks Robert Woods is the touchdown guy here (laughs) but all right Dan you gave him a one and that was that was quick too that was lightning fast so and is, you don't like DK Metcalf or you just don't think there's any chance he's a top three receiver or maybe you just like the top receivers that much more in 2020. He's not a top, not a chance at a top three wide receiver. I love DK Metcalf for dynasty and this is dynasty theory podcast, but we're taking hot takes for this year. Uh, he's not even in my tier two right now. And I like him again. I like DK Metcalf, but uh, he's a tier three guy for me at this time, especially in only year two of his career. On a run-first offense, he's a physical specimen, but his game's still evolving. So I don't think the timing's now. Yeah, and I think that seven from Steve, that might be the highest that we've seen so far. I'm waiting for a nine or ten just to bust out and pretty much put a stamp, a guarantee on it. But for this next one, it's at Gary Caffrey. Philip Lindsay will lead the Broncos' backfield in fantasy points. And in his tweet, he made it a point to say, again. So the addition of Melvin Gordon... What do you guys think here? Because it's not the same Denver backfield. All right, Mitch, you're coming out with the highest here, so pretty low t- uh, predictions here. But Mitch, five, what do you think? No good reason. It's just I've never been a really big Melvin Gordon guy. And so I could easily see Lindsey get in 40% of the touches. Then if anything happens to Gordon, he all of a sudden gets the majority of the touches again. So I'll say five for that reason alone. And they're going to be a running team, without a doubt. So you know, a five's not, you know, it's all right. It's average. It's an okay hot take. Come on, John, give him a hard time for a five. He gave me a hard for a hard time with a five before. Well, I was ready to give him a hard time because I thought he was going to say Lindsay 
as he has throughout the series. That's how it's spelled. It's not my fault. Lindsay. <laughs> All right, Dan, remind me because I, I forgot already and I'm sorry. Yeah, but what it, was your number here? It's a two, a, lo- a lonely two. And, and I'm, I'm a Philip Lindsay guy. I like film Lin- Philip Lindsay. Mitch knows that, but. Melvin Gordon's a man-child, guys. And since when do backup running backs lead their te- team's backfield in scoring? I think the Broncos' payday of Melvin Gordon to m- multi-year contract tells the story here. He is going to be the guy, and there's no way Philip Lindsay's touching him this year. Steve? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Dan completely, but the only reason I gave a four or close to – or I understand why Mitch gave a five, I mean, Melvin Gordon's health, uh, you know, it's really around the 50-50 shot if he plays 12 games. Uh, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think that Lindsey could still be used in this offense. As long as Melvin Gordon is healthy, though, there's no way it happens. I'm on the Melvin Gordon trade train, just like you guys said. If he's healthy here in 2020, he's going to get a majority of that work. It, I would say 55, 60% of those, the market share there on the ground. This next one from at Dynasty FF Addict, DJ Moore. We had the the prediction here that Allen Robinson was going to be the wide receiver one, but now it shifts to DJ Moore. DJ Moore is the wide receiver one in 2020. Whoa. <laughs> Zero wasn't an even an it. option, but Steve throws Touché. the goose egg up and we're, he's, that's not even in the valid range here, but Steve, you're saying there's absolutely no chance with a zero there. Man, that's the Maryland Terps guy, right? Like, Dan, what we were talking about. I mean, look, I like DJ Moore a lot. He was my wide receiver one going into this class. I just don't believe in this offense to be able to produce a wide receiver one. There's just no way, especially with a hog like Christian McCaffrey in the target department. All right, Mitch, you were a little bit higher. What are your <laughs> thoughts here? And then, and then Dan was creeping there with a one. So, you know, he's kind of sharing Steve's thoughts. So it comes down to how I kind of see the game flow going for the Panthers. They have their defense lost everybody good. They spent all of their draft picks on the defense this year. And so it's going to be a really bad defense. I think they're going to have to throw the ball to keep up. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is the guy that's going to be throwing down the field to Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel. So talent wise, DJ Moore has the talent to be a wide receiver one. Do I think it's really going to happen this year? Probably not, but I think it it's, kind of in his range of outcomes but it's a little hot takey i would like to see because we know that dj Moore and mitch you yell at me every time i say it but he's certainly one of those receivers that is target dependent but again all target dependent but we talk about receivers that don't find the end zone often that's dj Mm -hmm. Moore, and i don't think he has you know steve talked about the upside of dk metcalf in the end zone He's a guy that could put up 12 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I would like to know, and this is something that maybe if I'm bored throughout the week before I go on my vacation next week, which I cannot wait. And just a reminder to our listeners, obviously we are live tonight. Tuesday we're going to be live, so a slightly different schedule. Tuesday's show will be dropped on the podcast feed next Monday. And then, you know, I, we will not be doing a live show next week. Guys, I, I asked my wife, I said, do you mind if I would do it? I wanted the poll in the background. I'm going to be down in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And she said, you're not doing a show while we're on vacation with her family. And you know, we could talk about Manscaped. I, I'm going to try to get all of her uncles 
well groomed next week and using that code theory 20 i'm going to tell you that too much information (laughs) hey i'm going to do whatever i have to it might be a complimentary shave from jb okay (laughs) all right anyway anyway it's always a shameless plug for me dan you know i don't care um okay so dj Moore, the wide receiver one but anyway like i said if i'm bored i might have to go back and look to see the fewest amount of touchdowns that the wide receiver one has had over like the last decade, because I would be shocked if it's anything lower than like seven or eight. And it's still, that might be DJ Moore ceiling in terms of touchdowns. This next one, there were two. So we'll go one at a time here. This is from Matt Mac Coy NFL Clyde Edwards, Alaire better, Mitch better, lots better. All right. Clyde Edwards, Alaire is a top 10 fantasy running back in 2020. Not Dynasty, not in 2021, but 2020 only. Mitch, you're throwing the two up. Ooh, and then Dan comes in with a seven, and we have the highest score of the night from Steve, the hot take artist himself, with an eight. So, Steve, you think this one is... I mean, you probably don't think this is a hot take at all. I'm not drafting much of CEH. Um, is He's just going to be too rich for my blood. But when I say eight, I, I have to think that that's a possibility, like a real possibility. And if, look, he slips in drafts, then I think, okay, look, I, I can take a shot on this guy because you want a piece of that Chiefs offense. He's the running back for the Chiefs. He caught 55 passes last year in college at LSU. That's one of his niches. Um, and they haven't had that in a couple of years now, a pass-catching running back, really. I mean, Damian Williams – has been like their best pass catching running back. So now Patrick Mahomes has another weapon to play with. Yeah, it really could happen. All right, Mitch, you don't think. And and actually, you were calling for it. So we had our live Mm -hmm. draft show special this year for the first night of the NFL draft. And I'm going to be plugging this for the next, what, eight months or whatever. But we're going to be doing the first two nights live in 2021, assuming – you know, everything is back to normal by then, hopefully, knock on wood. But Mitch, you were calling for it. You said Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Hilaire, sorry, is going to be the first running back drafted. And you made the call, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now he lands there. You're saying it's a two out of 10? Great fit. Absolutely love it. And I think that was the perfect guy to go to that backfield. But as we've seen, they don't really just throw one back on the field. Even when... Damien Williams was injured. It was McCoy and it was whoever after him, you know, and I think it's going to be the same case. Now, I think Clyde Allaire is so much better than Damien Williams could ever hope to be, but they don't like to give ball carries the full load. They just doesn't really happen with them. And so I think it's going to be split carries and it's going to be split enough to keep Edwards Allaire from getting that top 10 spot. We love him. I mean, I still think he's going to be a top 20 back for sure. But getting in the top 10, it's he's going to have to beat out the guys like Le'Veon Bell, who's going to get 275 touches in the year. So that's my only worry with him. Love him, but just like um, that we said earlier, that he's going like in the first round of drafts right now. I mean, I was in a startup and he went 107. Like, no, just no. And that, and that was a super flex tight end premium league. Yeah, just can't do it. And I agree with everything Mitch just said, by the way, like I am firmly on that in that camp, but the range of outcomes of him being a top 10 back, I just can see that very clearly. 
And I think that that needs to be considered if he falls into maybe like the third or fourth round in like a 12 teamer redraft league. The upside I think there. Mitch's number is still too low, though. I think subconsciously he's still having, you know, feelings over Damian Williams last year after all he invested in putting there's feelings there. There's there, lots there's of feelings there. See, John, 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 he needs a therapy session here. I feel bad for you guys every week because somehow Damian Williams always comes up and I feel bad for you guys, you know. <laughs> That's what people say every time you bring up a Dallas Cowboy probably. Super Bowl winner. <laughs> That's all that I know. True, Wait, true. Again, you ripped on me because I think twice in the history of the show, I've mentioned the name Malcolm Brown, but it seems like that name is coming up quite a bit in the three-headed backfield there. It's like a fungus. It just doesn't go away. <laughs> Now Malcolm Brown, what are you gonna do, Malcolm Brown? <laughs> You're not gonna do anything, but he's gonna potentially ruin the value of the other two remaining backs in that backfield. But that's we'll talk about that in another episode. So Matt also had Deontay Johnson outscores Juju Smith Schuster here in 2020. We saw lackluster performances based on the quarterback play. Um, you know, all right, we have a two from Steve and Dan, an eight for Mitch. Dan, you don't think this is very likely. I think Deontay Johnson's a good player. I'm listening to all this Twitter hype. I don't think he's a great player. I think Juju could be a great player. He's back with Big Ben again, and I think they're going to take over that Steelers offense. I see no way that Deontay Johnson outscores him. And, I'm, and I know you, JB, you and I have been talking about this forever. There's still that little part of me that's holding on to James Washington. You know, So Juju, number one. Deontay will be the number two there, but no way number one. Holy crap, I can't believe James Washington's actually here in my bay. Oh, wait, that's a garbage can. Never mind. Uh, Mitch, you actually think it's pretty likely. I do. I think Deontay Johnson is really good. And we saw when they played the Patriots, I think it was the first or second game of the season. I don't remember which one. They were running plays for him in the end zone as a rookie. And as soon as I saw that, because, John, you were huge on Jay, hating on James Washington and saying Dante Moncrief was the guy, right? No, we, we don't bring up Dante Moncrief's name, please. But please. the only reason why I bring it up is because we were searching for that number two wide receiver. And it became apparent very fast last season that it could be Deontay Johnson. And what we saw with Juju, I think Juju's really good. But I don't know if he is a number one wide receiver good or a very, very good wide receiver, two on a team. And I've seen Johnson perform with that horrible quarterback play they have had last year. I mean, everyone bangs on the Panthers, but the Steelers were just as bad. And Deontay Johnson's pretty good. So I actually like him a lot this year, more than I like Juju. I don't have Juju on any team because the, his cost right now, I just can't see paying that cost when he gets someone else of relative value that I think is going to outperform him. Steve, I'm going to bounce it over to you here in a second. But can I, for my hot take, I'm going to say it's not going to happen this year. It's not going to be 2021. Might not even be 2022. But I think Dante Moncrief, he's due for a breakout eventually. <laughs> and I can't even say that with a straight face. But anyway, Steve, what are your thoughts here? Deontay Johnson outscoring Juju in 2020? I love Deontay. Um, I, I was like big on Deontay early on, um, right after the season last year. And his ADP is out of control, as, as you guys have talked about. So I might not have much of Deontay Johnson, but, I mean, last year, 64% completion percentage, despite what he had at quarterback, 88.1 um, true catch rate. Um, so, yeah, he was really good. Um, he was able to separate. He was actually elite 
at separation when a target was thrown to him with 2.39 yards. That was first in the NFL. So his separation rate was so good that even Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph were able to get him the ball at with but while throwing inaccurately. But if Ben Roethlisberger is the quarterback and Juju Smith-Schuster plays 16 games, he's the wide receiver while on that team. Um, he's going to get 140-plus targets, and he's going to be a PPR monster. I agree with Steve and Dan. Barring a Juju injury and a Big Ben injury, I do think that Juju is the guy. And Steve, I know you brought it up, separation. I've seen a lot of research people throwing out there on Twitter that there might not be much of a correlation between separation and fantasy points. So while it, it, it does sound good, maybe that's not um, – you know, the, the winning factor here for Deontay Johnson. Uh, next one in Mitch, please, please don't get too graphic. <laughs> Keep your pants on over there from Eric B Lair on Twitter. Gardner Minshew is a top 12 quarterback. Mitch had his card up, ready to go. He has 10. We have a six from Steve, Dan, you got to move back because that's too blurry. Yeah, that's <laughs> Dan, Dan has a zero. Okay, the red, so Mitch, the red market didn't work. Right, right. So Mitch, you have a ten, but I gotta tell you, bud, our projections say otherwise. So either you don't believe in our projections, or maybe you just had too much to drink here on Father's Day. Well, we have them at thirteen, so I think that's you know pretty close too. But defense is bad. He has good pass catchers. He was very good last season. He actually put up the best rookie numbers per PFF. No, they rated him higher than Kyler Murray. And I think, Dan, put the zero down. Uh, all that, okay, we could go to Dan so we could say dysfunction. Wait, real, real quick, Dan, real quick, real quick. Did you notice how, because when we do our Theory Throwdown segment, which is exclusive to the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel, I get on Dan a little bit more because I think Mitch and I, our values with players align more often than not. But Dan, I, I got to rip on Mitch here. Do you notice how he brought up the PFF grade? He brings it up when it's convenient for him because otherwise sure do. I, I'm never going to rip, you know, I don't want to rip on anybody because PFF puts out so much great content. I actually pay for their most expensive package. So they're getting me as a customer, but their grades sometimes they're a little questionable, but if it, if it supports Mitch's argument, he's all about it. He's a hypocrite. I don't see any issues there. I think works all out. All right. All right. Uh, Dan, you had a zero. You, you threw do, up man. a zero very quickly. It, it, to me, you know, yeah, Mitch, it is dysfunction in Jacksonville, and I think they're rebuilding. But he's 29th in my rankings. There's no way, even in a good Minshew season, and he flashed a little bit. I watched the Jacksonville games there last year. There's no way he's going from 29 to top 12, all right? There's just No, that's 29th in your rankings, not like actual real football rankings. It's the only rankings that count right now. Yeah, okay. He, he, he can't take that big of a monumental jump to be top 12. There's just not enough talent there in Jacksonville. I love LaVisca Chenault. He's still their number two receiver and isn't even proven. All right, Steve, talk some sense to our listeners. And this is why I like to bring guests on, because while I love Mitch and Dan, I think our listeners leave more confused more often than not than they came into the show. Cause you know, eventually when we meet in person, because the three of us have not met in person yet, I'm going to get you two boxing gloves and just let you go at it in a ring somewhere. Dan, you can wear the Rocky Balboa shorts that are behind you, but Steve talk some sense to our listeners. You know, Mitch is saying top 12. Yes. Dan saying quarterback 29. So are you in the middle or do you lean one way or the other? I haven't done my, quarterback rankings just yet i'll actually be doing that this week i have no idea where i have him i 
probably don't have him in my top 12. Um, he's probably somewhere in the middle of, of Dan and Mitch, though. He's probably at like <laughs> 17, 18. There are a lot of good quarterbacks. And the variance mm-hmm. of outcomes at the quarterback position is really tough to gauge. Um, but top 12, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, when you're drafting at the end of redraft leagues, you want to go for that guy who you think can be a top 10 guy. And if you think that Gardner can do it, I mean, I get it. 21 touchdowns last year in limited play. Um, he played really well. Um, I just don't I, – I really don't see it happening. But, you know, it, it top 12 isn't the hardest thing to do right now. As far, like, he can, cra- he can crack that top 12 if the Jaguars are really bad and they have to throw the ball a lot. And, Steve, we, we've said that V word so often, variance. And it really is true with the quarterback position. There's going to be so many quarterbacks from it's same with tight end from quarterback six to like quarterback 18. And it really could be decided between just a few touchdowns here or there. So that variance really is going to come into play. And I think the difference between, like I said, that mid tier QB one to a mid tier QB two is very minimal. And just like I talked about on the hot take podcast last Thursday. And if you are not subscribed to the hot take podcast, I highly suggest it. Steve, Josh, you two do a great job. And if uh, truly, if I didn't think so, when you wanted to come on our show, I'd have been like, ah, yeah, we have other plans. I don't, I don't think we, you know, we can't make Holy it work. Bucks. But you two, re- you, you two really do a fantastic job over there. So if any of our listeners are not subscribed to the Hot Take Podcast, I highly suggest that. But yeah, the the variance, you know, it really could. There's a big swing of outcomes there for Gardner Minshew. But I do agree. I, I'm I'm on Mitch's side here. I think it's closer to QB 12 than Jesus QB 29. Um, and I can't wait to see those rankings. Um, this is coming from at Lance Armour on Twitter. Miles Boykin is the highest scoring receiver in Baltimore. Now we're gonna we're gonna call this highest scoring wide receiver because we've talked up Mark Andrews a lot, and it doesn't really specify if it's just. Wide receiver. Okay, we have one one in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, okay, is it, we can kind of breeze by this one, right, guys? I that that's a pretty hot take. He might be on the practice squad this year. I'm not convinced he's going to be on the game day roster. Okay, yeah, we're, we're not going to spend too much time. Thank you, Lance, for that hot take. And I think that's that that's certainly a hot take. That's the 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 hottest take of them all that we've had because pretty much three ones from the the guys here. He has talent though for 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 Lance JB out there. I mean Mitch is right. I mean there's nothing proven. There's nothing you know they have Duvernay that they drafted, but obviously Lance out there is high on Boykin. There is talent there. He is an athlete, but I just think in that offense Hollywood's clearly number one. And Boykin has the measurables. He he has the athletic profile, but I we've seen Hollywood and even though I'm not a huge Hollywood guy. Unless we're talking about Hollywood Hogan, and in that case, New World Order, I'm all about that. But right, but you know, I, I Mark Andrews, um, Hollywood, it, it's it's their team in terms of the passing game. I, I see we have a few people watching live here on YouTube. That's the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel. And if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. At the end of the month, we are doing a one year free subscription for the DLF website that's a $40 value that's dynasty league football a ton of great content they have the coaching history app the cubu cubu man these white claws they're getting me now guys the qb app cubu that might be my new quarterback named cubu um 
but they have a ton of great information there. So we're doing a giveaway. One lucky listener will get a one year subscription. Again, that's a $40 value, but we have four, you know, we, we have a few people here in the chat. If you're watching live, drop your hot take in the, the comment section. Maybe we'll get to it here. If we have enough time, if um, we get a few more hot takes like Lance dropped here, I think we'll be, Done pretty quickly. But this one comes from at Landry Winman. Winman? Winman? Either one. Ronald Jones is a running back one. So top 12 running back guys. What are our thoughts? Mitch two. Dan one. Steve five. So Steve, you you know we're very friendly. We're very uh Keyshawn Vaughn, you know. Uh we he's our favorite guy there in that backfield. I'm surprised you know, I don't see the Keyshawn Vaughn uh no matter what back there. No, I actually wiped it off during a show, but like I, I was even having trouble getting my words out there because we talk about Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn. I get all I get all hot and bothered here. But anyway, Ronald Jones, Steve, you give it a five. What are your thoughts? It just comes down to what Tampa Bay can do. Uh, if that if this is going to be an offense that moves efficiently, how Tom Brady moved the Patriots for years, then Ronald Jones could be a double digit touchdown scorer. Because that's what Tom Brady offenses have done consistently for years is they pound the rock when they get into the end zone. Now, they have great receivers. Now, they have a few very good tight ends to catch footballs. But I'm this is 50-50 based on what the Buccaneers do. If they go pass happy all of a sudden while Tom Brady's in his 40s, cool. But I don't think that's happening. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I think they're going to do a lot of dink and dunk, just like they always have. And when they get into the red zone, they're going to want to run the football. Ronald Jones is a north-south kind of runner. I mean, he doesn't do much more than that. He's not a very sexy kind of runner. And he could get 10, 11 touchdowns. It could happen. All right, Mitch, I'm not even going to ask you because we all know how you feel about Keyshawn Vaughn. He's not even going to unmute himself. He knows that he has nothing really to say. Dan, what are your thoughts here? I'm surprised Mitch wasn't a one or even a zero for how high you and uh, both you guys have been on Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, for me, you know, there is some talent in Ronald Jones, but I'm not even sure he's the RB1 on his own team. And even if he somehow outscores Keyshawn Vaughn this year, it still would only move him from like a tier four to tier three running back for me. So uh, I'm nowhere near that. You're optimistic over there, Steve. I I think Brady is going to just nickel and dime defenses this year with all those targets that he has, and I don't see Ron Jones getting that yeah, much production. You know, look, I have I probably have Ronald Jones, you know, outside of RB two territory, uh, to be honest. But I, it just it really depends on how the Buccaneers function as an offense. There are so many questions right now in mm-hmm. terms of how that offense is going to run. And just like Steve said earlier, just like I said earlier, it, it's one through 10. How likely is it to happen? None of us are saying, oh, 100% this is going to happen. 100% that's going to happen. It, uh, except for the, what one was it? The Miles Boykin. I think we pretty much had 100%. That was not going to happen. Uh, we Oh, oh man, we're going to throw an impromptu one, guys. This This hurts me. Mike Mike. First of all, I love the name Mike Mike. Corey Davis outscores A.J. Brown in 2020. Any thoughts there? One, zero. Oh. Okay, Mitch, are, is this troll, Mitch, or is this no. an actual thing? So you have a 5 out of 10 that Corey Davis outscores A.J. Brown in 2020. I don't think there's going to be a lot of targets to go around that offense to begin with. And if 
AJ Brown doesn't get his seven a game and he goes down to six. And then all of a sudden Corey Davis goes up from four to five, but he gets three more touchdowns. I think it's in the range of outcomes. That is just not a huge pass happy offense to where I think AJ Brown could be a 140 target guy. I just don't think he's that in that offense. And I think that it could be spread around enough that Corey Davis has a chance. You know, we were all killing Devontae Parker. And all of a sudden, he has a decent year. I could see Corey Davis having a decent year in his contract year before he goes somewhere else. Now, this one is on the complete other end of the spectrum. This is from our friend TJ. AJ Brown outscores Julio and Hopkins in 2020. What do you guys think? Oh, Steve, he he's saying no right away. He's not Steve isn't even wasting his energy, TJ, to write a number on his board. So we have what was that? Three from Dan? Mitch, any are you even gonna negative twenty? I mean, I don't <laughs> close to that. All right, so Dan, you think you it's not a high number, but you're still a little more receptive to TJ's craziness over there. And we're we're familiar with TJ in all of our group league chats. He he loves to get a rise out of us. He loves to uh troll us to an extent. I'm I'm trying to figure out who's a better troll, Dan. And this might be the question. Is it TJ or is it Mitch? Because they're both on the top of their game at times. <laughs> well, TJ's the king of troll. Mitch is <laughs> Mitch is slick, man. He is good, but TJ takes it to a whole other level. Mitch always keeps it professional, you know. And then and lots of love for TJ, but he cracks me up, man. But that's another one for another day there. Maybe the personality show coming up. We'll see. But uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of t- Titans offensive passing game talk here for one episode. Two totally opposite ends of the spectrum takes there. Corey Davis is a free agent, so he, he's got some incentive. But I think it's a young man game. A.J. Brown could break out, but I don't see it happening. Three three might have been generous. All right. So neither of those two. But, again, we, we appreciate you guys dropping those in the comment section here on the live YouTube feed. This is from John D. Cognac. Damien Harris is a top 20 running back, and we've talked about the Patriots' backfield. It is one of the many situations where we really don't know what's going to happen. We can make an educated guess. Sonny Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead, Damien Harris, none of the above, but Damien Harris is a top 20 running back. We have a four from Dan, a three from Steve, and a one from Mitch. Uh, Steve, you don't think it's very likely. You know, he could usurp Sony Michelle. I think that is likely, but the Patriots offense isn't going to be very good. Uh, and there's a lot of good running backs out there. So top 20 is actually pretty tough to crack. Out of all of the guys in that backfield, I, for me personally, I haven't really shown my number here, but James White, that's the guy that I think can be very effective and efficient. Mitch, you have a smirk on your face. Is that about my James White take or Damien Harris? No, it shows how little I pay attention to the questions you're asking because I skipped ahead to the next one <laughs> while you were talking, and I picked out the number. <laughs> and lo and behold, that wasn't what we were talking about. So, All right, so Damien Harris, is he going to be a top 20 running back? No, no. All right, Dan? I say he has a chance if the stars align to be top 30. So, uh, you know, I was below the 50 percentile. I gave him a four. I just gave him a four because he is a sneaky sleeper this season. I like Damian Harris. I, I think he's a guy I want to target late in drafts and hopefully you're surprised. And in dynasty, I do believe he still has a bright future And new England's telling you they're running the ball. I, I think they might be a little bit better than people are giving them credit to. They got a great defense. They're going to run the ball. The, the best coach team in the NFL. They're sneaky there. And all four of us were very active on Twitter 
and Damien Harris, he certainly seems to be one of those Twitter darlings this offseason. Sure, is there the possibility he takes over that backfield? Yeah, but just like Steve said, even if he does, James White and Rex Burkhead, he's certainly going to cap his upside. So, you know, I, I kind of like everybody's take here. Dan, top 30 could be a possibility, but top 20, I really think that's a reach. And then Mitch just said no. So Sorry. always be, always the fantastic in-depth uh, uh, information that we expect from Mitch Sorensen here. But, I'm ready for the next question, though. I'm completely so. ready for so. it. <laughs> All right, so this is from at that avoid. And you guys know I love the puns. So first of all, I give a 10 for the name. But Mike Boone outscores Alexander Madison and leads that backfield. So for me, I think this is more saying Dalvin Cook holds out. But if he does, Mike Boone outscores Alexander Madison. We have a one from Mitch, a one from Dan. Steve, really changing it up for us here. You bring it a five. So why do you think that's more likely than um, you know Mitch and Dan are giving credit? I think just the if Dalvin Cook holds out, that's how I understood the question. Like if Dalvin Cook holds out and then maybe there's a 50, 50 chance that he outscores Alexander Madison. I think Madison is a lot better right now, but I think Mike Boone is pretty damn good. And if he can get on the field and show some of that talent, even though he didn't last year in opportune time for fantasy footballers out there, um, it, there's a shot. If Dalvin Cook goes and, anyone's fair game in that backfield but i think alexander madison has the firm hold as of right now it was mike boone brian hill we always target these late uh uh end of the season running backs that could really uh make an impact on our fantasy teams and in dfs too oh my god i i had a lot of exposure to mike boone and brian hill on those, those weeks that they were supposed to shine and man they really floundered but so steve let me ask you that was predicated on the fact that Dalvin Cook did hold out. Now, I think the way Dan and Mitch saw it was, is he going to hold out? And then this is going to happen. Do you think Dalvin Cook does hold out? Because we've spent a lot of time on the show talking about that. I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I, I think it could be like we saw with Melvin Gordon last year, right? Like he eventually missed games because it was almost like, all right, well, I can't just come back now sort of thing. Dalvin Cook is going to learn from what Melvin Gordon did, and I, I don't think that he misses time. All right, we have four more we want to get through, and then Steve, now let, let me tell you, we don't do this for every guest because once I get those show notes out, that's it. That's it. But you had a request that you want to talk about a certain tight end, and I, I told Mitch and Dan, listen guys, Steve made a request. We're going to let him do it. Just this once. Just this once. But So we have four more hot takes we want to get through from at Andrew Carrick 1, Todd Gurley is the running back one in 2020. Ooh, this is the first time I think Mitch and Dan matched. All right, so we have a seven for Mitch and Dan. Dan, you do think this is possible. I would say if there's one dark horse that could challenge the big three, it's this goat, Todd Gurley. You know, the only concern we ever have is health, and especially in Dynasty. But if there's someone that could crack it in that ideal Atlanta situation, there's no one else challenging them. It's Todd Gurley, and it's going to be an explosive offense. They're going to score points. All right, Steve says hell no. Steve, you give a three out of a ten. Yeah, I mean, there's just too many good running backs. That top four, uh, you know, and then you talk about Joe Mixon, who I think is going to have a big year. That's I'm just thinking about all the other running backs. Dan, I'm with you. Gurley is, you know, one of the best runners we've seen, you know, in the past, I don't know, five, six years. Um, 
And then he's walking into a situation now where Devontae Freeman had 71 targets last year. So, yeah, if he gets 70 targets, and yeah, there is that realm of possibility where he is maybe the RB1. I just, I think it's just about the other guys. Yeah, I, I, for me, I think it's a combination of the other guys because you look at a Christian McCaffrey, that ceiling is so high. He's been so consistent. Knock on all the wood over here that he stays healthy like he has. But I, I, I do think Todd Gurley, there is that upside. And for the Falcons, one-year deal, they're going to run him into the ground if he's healthy. Dan, all right. What's first, the red first, flag? First challenge. Steve's like, there. what the hell is this? Wait, wait, <laughs> and I just thought of this. So we talked about a question from, from Jer Schwab up above on the Dynasty uh, Self-Help Podcast. And the three of us, we're going to be on there, I think, in end of July. But the request came. They said we want Dan to bring the red flag because he's he might need it. So that people have come to expect the flags to travel with you from pod to pod. Yeah, there's a big challenge here. This this challenge is on behalf of Coach Mitch and myself here tonight. All right, this in the spirit of our guest and the Hot Take Podcast, I think Todd Gurley, the double seven from Mitch and I on the same wavelength. There, you know, I mean. Overall rankings, I'm with you, Steve. He's uh, 17th of my running backs. I'm, I'm all about those other running backs. But in the spirit of the hot take podcast and you, Steve, I mean, he's still the GOAT out of the University of Georgia. The talent is there. If he stays healthy one more year where they just give him all those carries and touches that JB was talking about, he's, he could do it. I'm with you. Hey, man, there's nobody else. There's no one else that's going to challenge him. Uh, I'm with you. He's such a value right now. Um you know, in dynasty, in dynasty startups, he falls, man. I mm-hmm. mean, you, know, you can get him in, especially in these super flexes where quarterbacks are going early. You get Todd Gurley in the early sixth round. Like it's crazy right now. All right. This next one, we're just going to kind of blow through at AA underscore Ron 14. Jalen Rager is a top 10 wide receiver in 2020. What do you guys think? We have a five from Mitchell one from Dan a six from Steve. So I, there, there's some possibilities there that it could happen. Mm-hmm. It would take a lot. Mitch, I think it, um, Rager, when we look at our projections, he's the only rookie wide receiver that's crap, cracking the top 40. I think we have him right around 35, maybe a little higher. You know, it sounds like Alshon might be, eh, you know, we're not quite sure what's going to happen there. But uh, this next one at FF Miz one, uh, this is one of our friends over at the British Ballers podcast. J.K. Dobbins is a dynasty top three running back by 2022. So we are going to throw one dynasty question in here from, you know, another reference from WWE FF Miz one. We have a 10 from Mitch a 10. The first 10. Give it a 10. A five from Dan and an eight from Steve. So Mitch, you're saying 100% lock and load. He is a top three dynasty running back in 2022. Yeah, it's three years away, so it's hard paying that price point now, but it's definitely in his range of outcomes, and it's closer than what anyone else is. He's going to have Lamar Jackson, who is going to help out the running backs for throughout his whole career. As long as Lamar Jackson is healthy, his running backs are going to be fine. 2022 is in two years, Mitch. I can't count. We know this. <laughs> we have Excel. It does all that stuff for you. It's not a big deal. I, But I, I do agree. I, J.K. Dobbins he could be that guy. Uh, Steve, you're kind of on board there. I'm totally on board. Yeah. I mean, this Ravens offense for years is a dynasty offense that you need to look at. And 
look, AK Dobbins, I mean, we all see it, right? I mean, in a couple of years, he's going to be the guy. You, you just have to love that. And like, if you were a big JK Dobbins fan going into the NFL draft, how are you not on board? How are you not going crazy mm-hmm. about this guy right now? Yeah. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> I'd say more 2023. 20, I was calculating the, the, the age of some of these elite backs out there right now. I'm predicting top eight, but not quite top four, but good points. I, I, I'm not going to argue that one hard. No. And you look at the, the different types of offenses that he could have landed in this offense with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. It was the perfect fit. So I I'm on board. I think JK Dobbins really could be a top three dynasty running back in 2022. And in most situations in rookie drafts this year, he's going to, as the, the third rookie. So it's just very interesting how we look at it. This last one, again, we're going to kind of breeze through this one. So our guest Steve can get to his take the you know, the, the one tight end that he wants to talk about, but we're going to talk about one tight end first. And this is from at J underscore Mitch with two H's. Tyler Eifert is a top seven Strong. tight end. Right. Of course you agree. So Tyler Eifert is a top seven tight end. Zero, zero, one. Okay. So again, that one is one of the hotter takes tonight. Now, before we do our closing thoughts, sorry, final thoughts in a few seconds, Steve, you asked me, JB, let me talk about Noah Fant. I want to talk about Noah Fant. Now is your time. Here's your platform. What do you want to say about Noah Fant? This was like a thing that just happened like two weeks ago. Do you know, you know, in the hot take where I was talking about Robbie Anderson, I was yep. walking my dog and I started thinking about Robbie Anderson. It's like, you start thinking about these players in a different way that you thought about them before. Noah Fant was, you know, going into his rookie season was like, oh man, this guy is a metric freak. Like he could be elite at the position. So he was kind of drafted as such in rookie drafts, right? And then he had his rookie season. And right now, no one cares about Noah Fant. No one's like reaching for this guy. No one's really talking about him. Last season, Mark Andrews, everyone was really talking about him. I was on board with Mark Andrews. In the Scott Fishbowl, I got Mark Andrews in the 10th round. And I said, you know what? If he hits, then that is going to be very successful for this type of league. That guy this year is Noah Fant because in his rookie year, he had 562 yards. That was 10 more yards than Mark Andrews. Going into Mark Andrews, uh, or I'm sorry, in Mark Andrews' rookie year before last season, that was six all-time, or I'm sorry, uh, from the year 2000 uh, for yards for a rookie tight end. Okay, you had, you know, uh, Jeremy Shockey, uh, a couple other guys that had just these ridiculous years. Evan Ingram is one of them. Uh, but now six, you know, since the year 2000 for rookies is Noah Fant, 14.1 yards per catch. And I just think that he's not being drafted as if he could really be a top 10 tight end this year. I have him at tight end seven because what he does after the catch is what I'm looking at. Kind of like Blake Jarwin, kind of like what we love in George Kittle. Noah Fant can really be that guy. So what, 562 yards last year, if he gets you 700 this year, oh, yeah, he, he's a top seven back, uh, tight end. I think some of the concerns, and I again, I you look at the tight end landscape, tight end five, six, seven, 17, 18, it's probably not going to be much separation, but they add the additional weapons, obviously, in the draft. But then also you look at the splits between Joe Flacco and Drew Locke, it, things were a little bit better, actually, 
before Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant with Drew or with Joe Flacco than Drew Locke. So I think that's part of the concern. But I, I mean, you just like you said, Steve, he's an athletic freak, and I think you're getting a nice discount for somebody that does have that upside. I hope he's right too, because I got some shares, Steve. So I like that hot take. Hey man, I'm telling you, in Dynasty, he's cheap, and he's just cheap all over right now. I don't think he's going to be cheaper uh, than he is right now. I'm actually, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. I'm pretty proud of how we got through all this in exactly one hour. I, I, I knew, and I had to preface this whenever i sent you guys the show notes i said there are 17 yes 17 different hot takes we want to get through and i know mitch and dan you were probably sitting there to yourself rolling your eyes thinking this is going to be a marathon show but we made it here guys we made it so steve let our listeners know we've talked about the hot take podcast you know but where they can find you on social media and things that you're working on throughout this off season yeah thanks john yeah thanks for having me guys this is a blast um as always um, I actually just got done working on the uh, player profiler uh, uh, world famous draft kit. So I did some profiles for them uh, with some video blurbs. So uh, that should be available. Um, I know that uh, uh, on a monkey knife fight, I think you can go on there. And uh, if you uh, fill out something, you can get that for free. Um, so just check that out and you can get all that information for free with all those guys over at player profiler. A lot of, obviously a lot of talent over there. Um, and then, uh, during the season, um, I'm going to be doing uh, work for Fanball. So I did some work for Fanball last year, doing some rankings every week, uh, wide receivers, tight ends. Um, so you should be able to catch that, uh, this season as well. And then please follow my co-host at Josh daily 72, uh, great mind in the fantasy industry, uh, does some good work over at fantasy pros as well. Yeah, you two, you, you, fantastic Twitter follows. Like I said, if you're not listening to the Hot Take podcast, I highly suggest it. And Josh and I, we've done some collaborative work over there at Fantasy Pros, just like you said, another great fantasy mind. So, Steve, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And Mitch and Dan, we have one more thing. And are you ready? Because we're spicing it up this week. Final thoughts. We're getting pretty fancy. Mitch, final thoughts for the listeners besides consuming 30 beers on father's day at least bare minimum here on the utah beers but one thing i was going to mention was we didn't talk much about dynasty this week but i think there's a big dynasty thing to do right now is if you want to go out and buy veterans this is the time to do it you have probably a three to four week window to where you could go get Thielen, Gurley, connor those type of guys and people are going to be willing to sell them What's going to happen in August, all these guys are going to be talked up in all the redraft shows. And then everyone's going to see Thielen as their wide receiver one. And they're going to be like, you know, let's just see how September goes at that point. So they won't be able to sell them at their cost. And they'll want an inflated price because, well, they could be wide receiver one this season. And so I think right now you have the next three to four weeks to get veterans that on your on someone else's team, you can get them on your team for a little bit less than what you're going to have to pay in September and October when everyone's in redraft mode. I love that. And you've talked about this countless times, Mitch, where especially in startups, if it's happening early in the off season, it's happening close to the draft, the rookies, they have the inflated price and the veterans, you can get them at a discount as the off season shifts. And if you take part in a startup at the beginning of August, players like Julio Thielen, hell, even Le'Veon Bell might be going a little bit higher than we've been seeing Dan, give your final thoughts to our listeners. Final thought here is in the spirit of Father's Day, I was gifted this wonderful ink pen today that is made out of the original seats of the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. And when you post this show, John, on, the, on Twitter there, I want you to tag my boy Dak Prescott 
And maybe on Monday, I will let him use this pen to sign his $31 million franchise tag and lead my Cowboys this year. So in the spirit of Father's Day, here's to you, gentlemen. Whenever I saw the tweet today that they talked about Dak ready to sign the franchise tag, I knew I knew you were going to bring it up. And of mm-hmm. course, you didn't let us down. You did. But again, Steve, thank you for joining us. And for all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Have a great night. Be safe. Be kind. And yeah, we'll make sure we tag Dak Prescott. See you guys.